And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND. Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. And I am E. Coming to you from the great Lone Star state of Texas. I'm ensconced in my bunker here, safe and sound from all the leftists who would love to silence us. But they cannot do it because we're just too strong in the Lord and the power of his might. In fact, folks, speaking of silencing, did you know that Facebook, or is it it now Meta, they've changed their rules now and they will no longer allow you to advertise to the Christian community? Yeah. Now they say that's that's not, they're, they're not targeting the Christian community. That's just part of an overall change that they're making. But you know, you used to be able based upon the identifiers to advertise and direct your advertising to certain demographic groups. So, so for example, people who identify as Christians or, or a church associated, associated types of, of, uh, of affiliations, uh, that kind of thing. You can't do that anymore. No, that's out. That's out. All you can do now, you can, I think you can still reach people based upon a gender and or age. Well, I'm surprised it's gender since they got 175 of them that Facebook identifies or whatever the number is. I mean, some ridiculous hundred and something uh, genders. Folks, this makes what we do all the more important because censorship really is on the rise. I mean, there's no question about that. Have you seen that Google now is going to start their own educational program? They're going to tell people, you don't need to go to college. You can be trained by us. So now, in other words, Google is starting an indoctrination camp so that they can have their little Google minions all thinking the same little leftist thoughts and all espousing the same leftist views and the same Marxist ideology. I, I kid you not. They are, they are starting their own educational program as an alternative to college. Now, you know, you could say, well, that's a great thing because the colleges and universities, sadly, are nothing but indoctrination camps. But do you think we're going to do any better with Google? (laughs) Probably worse. Uh, So it just, look, I I didn't intend to start the program with the kind of commercial for American Family Radio, but you all already know this. We... We are a light shining in the midst of a whole lot of darkness, folks. But praise God that the light shines in darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. So we're going to keep shining. We are, and all the brighter, the darker it gets, the brighter we're going to shine. I trust the brighter you're going to shine, too. You know that old song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm going to Let It Shine? I've said, well, in this day and time, you can't afford to let it be a little light. <laughs> you know, it's got to be, it needs to be a great big light. This great big light that God gave me, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Because, folks, everybody needs to see it. Everybody needs to see it. Because it is obvious now, of course, we, we I don't know whether you all listened to the, the President's State of the Union address. I did not. I've been reading excerpts from it and reading about it. I was a little busy anyway, but it just gave me a perfect excuse not to have to listen to an hour of him droning on and losing his place. And it it just, it really is quite disconcerting. I mean, it's kind of disgusting to tell you the truth. I've been listening to presidents. It's the first presidential speeches I heard uh, that I remember as a child, if I am not mistaken, was Dwight Eisenhower, I think. Don't hold me to that. When was Dwight Eisenhower president? I need to go back and review that. Um, but but as, as a, 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 an aware adult, of course, I definitely 
Oh, no, no, no. Well, well, it, no, it wasn't Eisenhower. But it was President Kennedy. President Kennedy. And then, because that's right, because, because I was a kid when President Kennedy was assassinated. Uh, about, I was about, what was he assassinated in 1962, I think? Or was it 63? But I remember being in school when the word came down that he had been assassinated. And so I heard him very inspiring speaker, by the way. I heard Lyndon Johnson, who they say one-on-one -on -one, was absolutely dynamic and, and riveting and mesmerizing and overwhelming. And on the stage, speaking publicly was like some kind of robotic drone. Just, you know, I, I remember, oh boy, I didn't want to hear that. Well, you know what, in my view, Biden is about the worst I've ever seen. And we've had some presidents who couldn't speak at all. I mean, it just didn't, it couldn't speak well. Biden is the worst I've ever seen. You know why? Because he, he somehow, he thinks he's some kind of great communicator. He leans into the microphone and whispers, that's not the way it works. I mean, and it seems so fake. It seems so artificial. And then apparently sometimes he yells. I didn't hear him doing any yelling, but apparently sometimes he yells. Um, it, it's just, I, I couldn't, no. Uh, I, I believe me, folks. I, I thank God I did not have to witness it. But from what I've heard about it, just, just nothing but one long list of lies. <laughs> Excuse me, folks. That's terrible on the air, but it happens. Um, but look. First lie he told was he's going to secure the border. He actually said that we're going to close the border. Hey, give me a break. Joe Biden's not closing the border. His party won't allow that. He needs all these people coming across the border because he thinks that he's getting a bunch of socialists and Marxists coming across the border. Eventually they will be citizens and they will help lead our country into a brave new socialist world. I mean, that's what the left really thinks. That's what this is all about. This is not humanitarian. This is not based on their care and the concern for the people who are trying to get across the border. This is based on their theory that if they can get more people in the country who are not steeped in the traditions, the Judeo-Christian values, ideals, heritage of America, they can easily sway them to go to the dark side. They can easily sway them to be Marxists, to be socialists, to believe in social justice as opposed to just justice. So that was one lie he told. You know, the, the other lie he told was, you know, we've got to buy American. This, from the nincompoop, who, who did away with American energy independence and put us in the position of having to buy hundreds of thousands of barrels of oil from Russia per day. But oh, but oh, buy American. Yeah, buy American. It's, it's just, you know, it's not stupid, is it, ultimately? Because you just want to say, how, no, maybe I should say, how stupid does he think we are? I mean, I really, how stupid does he think we are? You put us in a position where we have to buy more energy from Saudi Arabia, from Russia, neither of whom Russia is clearly now at this point an enemy. Saudi Arabia is certainly not an ally per se. They're kind of, they're iffy at best. And you're going to lecture us about buying American? I mean, give me a break. Stand by, folks. We're just getting started. We'll be back in one moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. 
Americans say they hate inflation, but many really like inflation, or at least they like the impact inflation has on their home values and other assets. We shouldn't be surprised at this ambivalence. When home prices rise, homeowners are encouraged and will even pat themselves on the back for making such a good investment. Rising home prices make them feel richer, even if the increases do more to the money printing at the federal government. At the same time, rising home prices make it even less likely that younger Americans planning to be first-time home buyers will get into a home. And if they do get into a home, it will be smaller and more expensive than the one their parents owned. American homeowners may like rising house prices, but they don't like rising prices for gasoline or food at the grocery store. The people hurt the most are middle-income and lower-income Americans. A greater percentage of their income goes to food, energy, and shelter. And the latest consumer price index doesn't come close to measuring some of the costs that American families must pay each month. That's why inflation has become such a big issue in the 2022 midterm elections. I try to explain to the younger people in my radio audience what inflation was like in the 1970s. But you don't have to explain that to Joe Biden, who was elected to the Senate before Jimmy Carter was elected president. Jimmy Carter didn't cause inflation, but he inherited it and lost the next election. Joe Biden could argue that he didn't cause inflation, but inherited it. That would be partially true, but he and Congress have been in a spending spree this year. That's why I predict that American voters will begin to express their frustration at the ballot box over rising prices. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. Go deeper on topics like you just heard by visiting pointofview.net. That's pointofview.net. Aria is suffering for the gospel. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Aria lives in the Middle East in a radical Muslim family. She accepted the invitation of a Christian friend to attend a weekly Bible study and eventually received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. She took her Bible study booklet home, hiding it in her room before her mother found it and gave it to her father. He beat young Aria nearly to death and called the officials to report her as an infidel. They took her to a remote cell where they assaulted her and the Christian friend and eventually let them go. Now, these two women, they didn't grow bitter. They grew bold, and together they've seen hundreds come to Christ in the Middle East where it's nearly impossible to get a Bible. And that's why Bible League is inviting you to send God's Word to Bibleist believers around the globe at only $5 a Bible. $100 sends 20, every gift matched. Call 800 Yes Word. 800 Yes Word, or click sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. And God bless you for caring. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. And, and folks, let me say something about this whole Biden's, somehow he's going to close the border. I mean, not only is he lying to us and treating us like a like just... Uh, yeah, I mean, he, treated, he, he treats the American people like ignoramuses, but the left does that anyway. You know, I had a poll one time, I don't know whether I kept it in my archives, but, but a poll one time that said leftists and Democrats talk down to Americans because they just don't believe that we're intelligent enough to understand them. What they don't understand is we're too intelligent to pay any attention to the stupid things that they say and, and do and believe. They think they think we're the ignorant ones. No, they're the ignorant ones for the things that they want to do. Here's one of the things that is a kind of pet peeve of mine. And you see if you agree with me. I have always had nothing but contempt for this idea, this phrase, the dreamers. We have to help the dreamers. We have to help the dreamers, meaning the children who were brought here by their parents as illegal immigrants when they were too young to make the decision for themselves. And you could call, you could say any minor child's in that position, but a kid, I don't know, 16, 17 years old could certainly say, a certainly 18 could say, hey, I don't want to do it. But these are kids, some of whom have been brought here at a very young age. And so now we're told that they may not be deported because it was not their decision. So let me just be clear about something. I'm not interested in being mean to these kids or punishing them unduly or um, it, or punishing them in any way. 
because it's true. Their parents made the decisions. They did not. Their parents brought them into this country illegally. They did not. But here is what bothers me. We have got, uh, I think about a third of our population is minor children. So let's just call that about 100 million. Why, why aren't our kids dreamers? Why aren't Americans dreamers? How is it that your parents break our laws, violate our sovereignty, come into our country illegally, and suddenly their children get some sort of exalted status? And somehow their children are given some kind of automatic right to remain in this country. How does that work? Here again, I'm not trying to be mean to the children. I think there's some some accommodation needs to be made, although you all have heard my position on this. I believe if you come into the country illegally, I don't know, I don't care how it happened, you cannot become a citizen. Now, for children brought here illegally, I could see some kind of accommodation where they would be allowed to stay, particularly if this is the only country they've ever known, but not as citizens. They don't become citizens. Now, their children born here could become citizens or would become citizens under our present stat status, uh, our present constitutional understanding. They would, although I don't agree with that either. I don't believe in anchor babies. I don't believe that it was ever the founder's intention that anybody who happened to be in the country at the time a child was born, anybody who happened to be uh, passing through, anybody who happened to be on vacation, uh, suddenly their children are American citizens. That's wrong. It should not be that way. In order to be an American citizen, you need to be the child of at least one parent who is an American citizen. I mean, China's been playing this game with us. They've been sending people here on vacation to have babies because they know how our system works so they can have Chinese operatives who are American citizens. Folks, this stuff is, has got national security implications as well. But back to the, the dreamers. I don't like it because just because your parents made a mistake doesn't give you some exalted status. I mean, think about this. Let me give you this analogy to see if, if you agree with my logic. Let's say you've got two homes and you spend six months in Florida. You spend six months in some other place in the Northeast. I've got friends who who live that way. And let's say when you move out of your house, you close it up. Somebody moves in. And they bring their family in. And while you're gone, you don't know it. They're living in your house and just enjoying themselves. Six months later, you show up and here's a family living in your home. I mean, they've settled in and they're having a good old time. And of course, you take action to evict them. Of course, to evict them. And in the process of evicting them, you are told, well, now, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. You can you can evict the adults. But you can't evict the children. Because after all, the children didn't make the decision to move into your house. And so now, but now that they're there and, you know, they've known, they've lived in your house for six months. There's just nothing you can do about that. It wouldn't be right. Well, look, it might be unfair to the child, but the unfairness is not yours as the homeowner. The unfairness is the parents who is the thief and the robber and the home invader. And it's sad that the child has to pay consequences because of a wayward parent. But folks, that's simply the way reality works. You know, I've said before, if it didn't work that way, we'd never put a parent in jail. Because the parent does something wrong and you'd have to say, well, you know, I we can't separate the child from the parents. We can't we can't punish the child by putting the parent in jail. That's, that wouldn't be fair. So we're just going to let you let you go. So your child doesn't have to suffer the consequences of your bad actions. Well, we know that that that's we can't do that. Because and, and we know that it's not society that is punishing the child or inflicting any pain on the child. It is the parent who committed the crime that is inflicting the pain on the child. 
Now, you know, these leftists, their thinking is so twisted. Um, because so obviously Joe Biden wants, you know, he wants to make sure that we make a, we have something, we do something for the dreamers. Well, how about doing something for the American dreamers? I mean, I, I just find the whole concept just so convoluted that it, it disgusts me. And here again, I'm not, I don't have anything against those poor children. I really don't. But I do have something against these politicians that, in my view, are just simply using the children by trying to undo reality. And reality is children have to suffer, sadly, for the misbehavior and wrongdoing of their parents because that simply is the way it is. It is a sad fact of reality. So as far as I'm concerned, you come here illegally. I don't care how you came. You're not going to be an American citizen ever, period. See, folks, that's the only way we're going to stop this stuff. Because all these people coming across the border believe that sooner or later, they will be citizens of our country. Sooner or later. It's just a matter of time. And since they're not going to be deported, it's easy to wait it out. Now, you know, I say enough of this stuff. And, and, and certainly the last thing I want to hear from Joe Biden is these empty promises about he's going to close the border. Oh, you, you know. Look, I was born during the day, but I wasn't born yesterday. The, the Republicans called this speech the worst State of the Union speech in history. Probably because they considered him to have one of the worst presidential records in history. And the Washington Times calls it the state of the confusion address. <laughs> the state of confusion address rather than the state of the union address. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And I, I think that's that's fairly accurate. And so, so by the way, so so yeah, we we need to we need to stop depending upon foreign goods while we're buying oil from Russia and Saudi Arabia, which we weren't buying under the Trump administration. And we need to close the border. We're going to get that done from an administration that has thrown the borders wide open. Period. I mean, it, it's it's already a disaster of of incalculable proportions. It really is, folks. Because we're talking about, just in the time he's been in office, I guarantee you, we're talking two or three million people have crossed our borders. I guarantee you. Because remember, we've got 1.7 million contacts. That doesn't include the people who just got across and were never apprehended, never uh, interjected, never stopped, never confronted. It, this stuff is it's completely out of control. And here's something else he didn't mention, which he should have mentioned in the State of the Union address. He did not mention the 13 Afghanistan troops that we lost. And as far as I'm concerned, that is unconscionable. Yes, it's his fault. And yes, people say he didn't want to bring up a a big error, forget that. Honor these brave men and women, these Marines and sailors and army personnel who lost their lives serving our country. Honor them. But see, he couldn't do that because he's got Joe Biden on his mind. Not our people, not, not the American people, not the people who are serving our country. No, he, he's got himself on his mind. And that to me is, it, it, folks, that is a stain on him that will never be rubbed off. He can't get it out. It, it was just, to me, despicable not to acknowledge that sacrifice by our brave men and women in uniform. We'll be back. It's my turn. 
Here is your host for my turn, Don Wildman. Proverbs 10 and 9. He who walks in integrity walks securely. During the Korean War, a very well-known American general by the name of Dean was captured by the communists. I distinctly remember reading about that in the papers. In a Korean town by the name of Changju, General Dean was told by the communists that he had a few minutes in which he could write a farewell note to his family. General Dean figured that he had about 30 minutes at the most before he would be taken out and shot. In such a situation, no man would waste words. General Dean did not waste words. In his letter to his family, very short, he had one sentence which told the whole of his character. The sentence was directed to General Dean's son. Here's what he wrote. Tell Bill the word is integrity. The most important word this father could find to pass along to his son spoke so much. Not popularity or success or fame or happiness, but integrity. How desperately our world needs that, integrity. Integrity means a person is true to himself and to his maker. Integrity means a person puts truth above all else. He's not willing to sell himself for a few dollars or a cheap thrill. No. He sets his standards high and they will not come down. A person can afford to lose his position, his income, his prestige. These things are dispensable. They can be replaced, but not his integrity. A person can live with truth, though it be difficult and trying. But no person can live with a lie and remain a person in the highest and truest sense of the word. We're tempted today to compromise our values, to call a little wrong nearly right. But one cannot do it without losing that which is most important, integrity. A person must stand for the truth even if it means loss of a job or prestige or scorn and rejection by those who call him friend. Tell Bill the word is integrity. Yes, that's the word. How very much we need to hear it, believe it, live by it. Not success, not popularity, not position but integrity. The word means uprightness. That's the way the Creator intended that mankind should walk upright, not only in physical structure, but more precisely in our spiritual and moral structure. We're not only to live with truth, but we are also to live by it. What the world needs today is not more people of wealth, not even more people of wisdom. What the world needs today is more people of integrity, people who are willing to plant their feet solidly on the truth and refuse to budge, even when faced by the temptations of the world. Yes, we need people, big people, people of solid character, people who will not compromise with less than truth, people who will not retreat from the very best they know. The word is integrity. Please pass the word. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. The number is 888-589-8840. I'd like to start taking some of your calls if you want to comment on the President's State of the Union message last night or anything else. And by the way, folks, there's plenty to talk about. I just wanted to focus on this since he it was just one big tissue of lies uh, and, 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 and confusion and obfuscation and, frankly, disrespect. And look, I, I am one who is very big on... on decency and order and protocol. And I've said to you, if the president of the United States walked into a room, no matter who it was, I would stand up for him and greet him properly. Uh, good day or good afternoon, whatever it is, Mr. President. Now, if I was given the opportunity to discuss the issues, believe me, I would let him know the degree to which I did not agree with him uh, on the things that he's saying and doing, uh, if that was the way I felt. But I tried to do that in, the, in a respectful way. I wouldn't call him names or anything like that. 
uh, I probably would tell the president that I think something he does or did was stupid. I, because it, it's true. But um, how do you all feel about the fact that this representative, Lauren Biebert, shouted out when the president mentioned the troops in Iraq and Afghanistan and says, quote, when they came home, many of the world's fittest and best trained warriors were never the same. Headaches, numbness, dizziness, a cancer that put them in a flag-draped coffin. And Biebert yelled out at that time, um, let me get her exact quote. I think she yelled out, you put them there. Yes, you put them in, 13 of them. You put them in, 13 of them. Now, she yelled that out during the President's State of the Union address. Um, so I want to know how you all feel about that. Now, let me just tell you my take on it. I think there are times when the issues are so stark that protocol and tradition must be broken. And I think this is one of those times because you're not just talking about a difference in policy. You're not just talking about a difference in perspective on, on an issue. You're talking about 13 Americans who gave their lives and you're going to ignore them. You're not going to acknowledge them. You're not going to mention them. I think you need to be called out, even as president of the United States. And remember, the president's not a dictator. He, he, he doesn't he doesn't get to avoid criticism. And there's no law against a, a, a congressman uh, or Congress uh, congressional representative speaking out under those circumstances. Now, here again, I, I think it does need to be something that serious. I don't think you just want to go in and heckle the president and interrupt his speech because you do that to a, a Republican does that to a Democrat or Republicans do it to a, to a Democrat. Well, then Democrats do it to a Republican. And the whole point of the State of the Union message breaks down. The State of the Union address breaks down. But I just I do think that there are some exceptions. And, and I just think this is one of them. Of course, remember, Joe Wilson got into a lot of trouble. Former Representative Joe Wilson from South Carolina got into a, tr a lot of trouble when he said to the president, you lie. That's a little bit more questionable. Of course, we know that Obama was lying and is a liar. But you, know, yeah, I mean, you, know, you could you could have been saying that every minute. <laughs> you know, how do you know when these leftists are lying? Their mouths are moving. Their lips are moving. That's how you know. Okay, the number is 888-589-8840. Let me see if there's anything else I want to bring up before I start taking some of your calls. Uh, that was that was one thing I wanted to make sure I got in. And um, yeah, I think that that pretty much does it on this State of the Union address. There's some other things we could talk about. Because by the way, I have been doing some research on the Great Reset, but we can talk about that at another time. 888-589-8840 is the number. We've got open lines. Any first time callers out there that have gotten through, this is the perfect opportunity for you to do so. Okay, let's get to the calls. We've got Stan in Tennessee. Stan, welcome. Hey, Bishop. Good morning. I'll try to make this quick. I was thinking about this last night, and I agree with what you just said. You know, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, people are frustrated and they're upset. Everybody that I talk to day in and day out about the gas prices going up, the heating in your home going up, uh, food prices going up. Biden, they don't. If they cared about the American people, they try to do something about it. They don't care about people. It's all about their power and their money. That's all they. That's all they care about. And another thing, uh, I. If anybody, and if, and, and if these, some of these people keep on voting for these people, I just don't understand. I really just do not understand. The powerful elites and, and big, big drug companies and Zuckerberg and Facebook, they, they run, run everything. And people are so discouraged because they feel like they don't have a voice because the election, because of the last election. And, and they're okay. just, you know, they thought, well, at least I can vote and get these rascals out of there. So, all right, Stan. Stan, thank you so much for the call. And all I can say to that, all is Stan, is amen. Uh, I will tell you, I'm I'm in Dallas, Texas, for a meeting. Uh, I can't go into details about it because it's not my meeting. I didn't call it, 
But I can tell you what I left uh, uh, some leaders with as I had to depart to come do this program is this. We are so surrounded and immersed in lies and deceptions that if the pastors and churches and Christians don't stand up and boldly proclaim the truth, will be swallowed up by lies. And just as the truth sets you free, lies will put you and keep you in bondage. Thanks for the call, Stan. Let's go to Jerry in Texas. Jerry, welcome. Hi, brother. So I was telling the gentleman that owns, uh, answers your phones, I, I'll be honest, I didn't watch it. Look, Brother Jackson, I got four kids, 12 to 8. I don't need to turn a TV on to be lied to, brother. That's all, you know. I just don't need to do it. Yeah. I yeah. get lied to by asking my kids simple questions. But, you know, <laughs> the other thing is the Texas election. I did. I went and voted yesterday in Texas. Why? Because it's my civic duty as a Christian. Mm-hmm. It is my civic duty to vote. That's the one thing I can do every day of the week as a Christian that God encourages me to do. Now, I don't Amen. like the way it turned out. I didn't vote for Greg Abbott. Personally, I don't think he's a great governor. I voted, and I'll tell you, I voted for Alan West. Why? Because mm-hmm. I feel like he would have been a better governor. And I didn't do it hey. for any other reason than that. I prayed about it. I looked at his history. I looked at what the I voter guy said he filled out. And every candidate. Now, God impressed upon me that governor, you know, as governor, Alan would have, Alan West would have been better. But oh. once again, I think the vice president, former president, real quick, former president Trump was lied to on Abbott. Abbott is too ingrained. He's a rhino, in my opinion, and we can do better. That's all, brother. I'll let you go and have a good day. I got T-Post to drive out here. (laughs) Jerry, Jerry, I I enjoyed that. Um, You said you could could talk to your children and ask them, did you eat that cookie? No, no, Daddy. (laughs) Cookie? What cookie? Uh, But I I hear you, brother. It's a humorous way of saying it. Uh, but, But you're right. I mean, and I felt the same way, frankly, and that's exactly what it did. Just told, just told one big set of lies. And uh, but I'm glad you got out and voted. I, and I'm glad. And and by the way, the, full disclosure, Alan West is a dear friend of mine. Uh, had I been in Texas, I would have voted for Alan West too. Um, and uh, you know, I, I'll I'll leave it at that. Let's see. Well, you know what? I'm going to come back to your calls as soon as we take this next break. Uh, I'll just say this, folks. Uh, What I said to this group of ministers is the church has got to counter the deception. The church, look, that's why I I really work so very hard. And I really appreciate you all calling me and, and giving me information. I go and look this stuff up to the fullest extent that we can anyway. I mean, there are limits on my time, but I try to because I want to be fully informed and I don't have time to, to I can, you know, this is one of the problems we have with our politics today. People think they know everything and they don't understand that the American people are pretty wise and pretty well informed. And if they would just shut up sometimes and listen, they would learn a lot. And I learn a lot from you all. Um, but we've got to be committed to getting the truth out there. We've got to, because if we don't, we're going to be overwhelmed by lies. And, and Biden, at this point, just might as well call him liar-in-chief. All right, 888-589-8840. We'll be back. Hi, this is Frank Turek. If you want to be better equipped to defend the truth and goodness of the gospel in a world filled with pandemics and natural disasters and utter confusion. Join me, Richard Howe, Edward Graham, Hugh Ross, Jay Warner Wallace, and even John Cooper from Skillet at the 28th Annual National Conference on Christian Apologetics. It's April 8 to 9, but seats are limited, so register by going to ses.edu. Can we trust the Bible? He says, we saw this, and that sets the Bible apart from almost everything else in the ancient world and its religious pantheon of gods and goddesses. The God Who Speaks, the important documentary from the American Family Association, is now available to watch for free on AFA's brand new streaming platform. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to watch this award-winning film today. 
thegodwhospeaks.org. Hi, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. As many of you know, Hurricane Ida devastated Louisiana in August, making landfall as a Category 4 hurricane, leaving thousands of families in need of hope. Do you know it's been three years since 8 Days of Hope deployed on a rebuilding trip where we help hundreds of families rebuild their homes for free? But today I've got some exciting news. We're announcing that 8 Days of Hope 17 is going to take place in Laplace, Louisiana from April 9th through the 16th, bringing hope to those who are feeling hopeless. We're going to be doing roofing and drywall painting and so much more. If you'd love to use your gifts to serve those in need, go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. As always, it's free to volunteer with us. Food and lodging are provided. And again, if you're looking to be the hands and feet of Jesus, join us in April when we go to Laplace, Louisiana, during 8 Days of Hope 17. Again, for more information about this outreach or any arm of the ministry, go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. Yeah, I I mean, you know, because again, it's like, even though I have my identity and purpose in Christ, like you're saying, I mean, there's still some days where it's like, I wish it was different. Daniel Ritchie was born without arms, but God's grace has sustained him through his trials as he shares on Focus on the Family Minute. But I think too, it's just like, you know, you, you, you see Paul over and over, like he... He just preaches grace, I think, both to himself and, and to the church. You know, it's like, was it 1 Corinthians 15? He says it's it's the gospel in which we're saved, but it's the gospel in which we stand. And, the, and then, he, you know, Paul even goes on to say it's, it's by the grace of God that I am what I am. And so I, I think as much as our hurts and our afflictions and our insecurities become the most apparent part of our life at times when, when we're walking through that, I think it's to be faithful to preach the grace of God. More encouragement from Daniel Ritchie at FamilyMinute.org. Back to The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. We're back. Uh, The number is 888-589-8840, and we're going to take your calls this segment, so let's get right to it, shall we? Uh, Let's go to Mary in Texas. Mary, welcome. Hi. I um, was calling to comment on the uh, senator that spoke out. Yes, that's right, the representative, yes. Yes, yes. Okay, um, so... I could understand of uh, dishonoring, you know, but at the same time, I can see her frustration. And at the same time, we are commanded to be light and speak truth, you know, and, and that's what she was doing. So Amen. kudos to her. Amen. Have a great day. Thank you very much, Mary. Short and to the point. Couldn't agree with you more, Mary. I think this is one of those times it, it is called for when our people shed their blood for us. And the commander in chief doesn't. I mean, these speeches are written over a period of time. There's plenty of opportunity to edit and to put in and take out. And when they choose to ignore the deaths of 13 Americans killed in action serving our country, somebody needs to call him out. I don't care if it is right in the middle of the State of the Union message. So I agree with you. Absolutely, Mary. Uh, let's see. Let's come to Carrie in Pennsylvania. Carrie, welcome. Hi. Um, I'm Hi. calling about you mentioning um, about Obama lying all the time. Mm-hmm. You don't think that Trump lied all the time? Well, Carrie, give me an example. Everything he stood for, uh, he, you know, he had no integrity. Okay, now, now um, Carrie, 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 hold, hold on, hold on. If I say Obama lied all the time, let me let me just tell you one big lie. Obama lied and said that the plan Obamacare would not include abortion. He lied. It was just a flat out lie. He always intended for it to be included. When he said at the Rick Warren debate that he had um, with um, who who was the who was his opponent? I can't even remember who was. Oh, that was Mitt Romney, I think. I think it was Mitt Romney when he said he believed that marriage was a union between one man and one woman. He lied. He never believed that. Everybody who knew him in Chicago knew he didn't believe that, but he said what he needed to say. So I've just given you well, two specific examples. I think every politician does that. Okay, now I see, Carrie, you're moving target. Examples. All you do is Google 
There are so many. Okay. Everything well, Carrie, that came out of Trump's Carrie, mouth. Carrie, mouth. Carrie, I'm going to give you one. Hold on. Carrie, don't, don't, don't cut her off. I want to give you one more chance. Give me an example of Trump lying. Carrie, you there? We want to talk about the COVID. Okay, what? Well, tell he me what it, line he, he told. said it wasn't. He said it wasn't real. It was going to go away. No. Okay. When now, he knew Carrie, that it wasn't. Carrie, Carrie, you, now you know he never said it wasn't real. Well, why would he? Why would he get behind Operation Warp right, Speed to create he a said vaccine? It would go away. Well, he look, but Carrie, uh, look, so, so then you would agree then that Fauci was lying because, of course, he was getting his information primarily from Fauci and those medical advisors who told us they were going to bend the curve in two weeks. Remember yeah, that he, one? He got information from them and he didn't follow their information. He didn't report yeah, but, their information. But it was Fauci who said they were going to bend the curve down in two weeks. Now, was that a lie? That's so see, Carrie, Carrie, learning. Carrie. Let me just everything explain this to you, and I'm going to let you go. Everything he said, he oh did not report. I, that's when I listened to him. Okay, he did not Carrie. report what was being Carrie. said behind closed doors. Thank you for the call, Carrie. Thank you for the call. See, this, now notice this, folks. I, I asked her repeatedly, give me an example. She couldn't give me one. Because what she really means is she doesn't like Donald Trump. And therefore, she says negative things about him. I just gave you two examples of bold-faced lies that Obama said. Here's the third one. Obama said they're going to be shovel-ready jobs in the in the big um, infrastructure bill that he was asking to be passed. He got the bill passed, and later on, he and I forget who it was who was with him at the time ended up laughing about it and said, "Yeah, the shovel-ready jobs weren't so shovel-ready." <laughs> well, it was a joke. It was never, they, they knew that they, there weren't going to be any shovel-ready jobs. That was what they needed to say to sell it. And they knew that they were going to fund abortions with Obamacare, but they needed to sell it to the pro-life senators whose votes they needed. So they just flat out lied. I gave you specifics about, and I could go on, by the way, off the top of my head, I could go on. I gave Carrie three opportunities and she didn't give me one specific example of a lie that Donald Trump told the American people. What she means is, I don't like Donald Trump, and therefore I'm just gonna call him a liar as a way of disparaging him. See the difference, facts versus just fiction in order to get the results that you want. But thank you for the call anyway, Carrie. Call me again, try again. Let's go to Mike in Oklahoma. Mike, welcome. Oh, I'm sorry, Dana. Dana, sorry about that. Mike, you stand by. Dana, oh, in Texas. Yes. Hey, Bishop. Thank you. Hi, Dana. Uh, if Carrie's still hi there, if Carrie's still listening, uh, which I think it's even a good sign that she was even listening to your program, so she's yes. got that going for her. And then, secondly, um, Carrie, you're, you're deceived. And and you know what? I'm going to pray for you, Carrie from Pennsylvania, and I'm going to pray that you come to the light. Okay, so what I wanted to say, Bishop, is that, um, and to everybody, is we need to remember that they, Biden and they, Schumer, the list goes on, Soros, Obama, whatever, and whoever, they don't forget people that they hate us as Christians. And don't forget that we're in a spiritual warfare. And please put on the full armor of God every day. And also, because they would pin a yellow star on us if they could. And that's why we push back and stand and pray. Mm -hmm. And we have these radio programs and AFR and Fox News that can tell us some truth and empower us and encourage us. And then lastly, I wanted to say that they please come to the light that they are not concerned about these dreamers. It's a hypocrisy to right. be concerned for a hundred million because they don't care about the 63 million that we know of in the USA that are aborted. And uh, they, the aborted, they're not allowed to make their decisions to live. And they, the, the other side does not care. So I just Amen. want people to remember that when they're so Thank sympathetic you, toward the dreamers. Mm -hmm. Thank, Thank you, you, Dana. Thank you. you, you Dana, here again, I, I don't need to add anything to it. Amen. You are absolutely right. It's never about people. Because if they cared about people, 
they wouldn't be putting people through the, 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 the human trafficking, drug cartel, uh, dangerous journeys, trying to get them into the country for their own agenda. They would be doing everything in their power to stop people from making that dangerous journey and putting themselves and their children and the, all these children uh, at risk. But, they, but you're right, they don't care. What they care about is their own power and their own agenda. Uh, let's go to James in Kansas. James, welcome. First of all, uh, Brother Jackson, I want to say thank you for your graciousness, even to uh, callers that don't support the truth. Uh, back towards the uh, earlier part of the of the segment, you asked us to call in and respond to uh, Congresswoman Lauren uh, Bobert or Bebert, however you pronounce her last name. Yeah. So I, I think that uh, during these times where we're being challenged, and as the previous caller said that we're being targeted, that we are in a spiritual warfare, those are great words of encouragement and a reminder. So I think we need to keep coming back to the gold standard, which is God's Word. If we call upon the name of Christ, His words are our source of truth. And I think that two verses, I might be mistaken here, you're more attuned to the Word than I am, but but uh, if, we, if we go back to, the, to what she did last night during a speech, we're supposed to speak the truth in love. And that doesn't mean that we're always going to... Uh, be speaking warm, ooey-gooey words. Mm -hmm. She didn't do it disrespectfully. She just did it. She did uh, what we're told in the book of Joshua, to be strong and courageous. That takes a lot of courage to speak that out. But I think another uh, verse that uh, that I don't think I'm taking out of context here is that in these times, Ephesians 5.11 says that we are to have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. There's different translations that render that verse different ways, but that's it in just. And I think that's what Congresswoman Boebert did last night is she exposed them because Mike, uh, that was I'm almost I'm time. almost out of time. Mike, I'm, thank you for the call, Mike. I'm almost out of time. But, man, you you said a mouthful. Let's see if we can get James in here from Kansas before we have to go. James, you're on. Welcome. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> oh, man. OK, Mike in Oklahoma. Mike, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. And uh, I, I agree with that one lady. We are a target. And, and so, uh, but anyways, I also think we need to really take a close look at all of our senators and uh, House of Representatives because, uh, like Langford, he does, does a lot of good things, but he holds back on his vote instead of just jumping right out there and voting with the conservatives. And when the COVID thing started, I called his office and told him, y'all can't do this to the businesses. I got a lady there in his office, and she said, not only can we, but we are doing it, and you better lawyer up. And so, Whoa. Uh, you know, why would somebody have a uh, office personnel that would do something like that instead of, um, you know, supporting the people? They work yeah. for us. You know. Yeah, yeah. Mike, thank you so much for the call, man. And uh, look, I don't know Senator Langford. Um, I knew he. I know he was a pastor, and uh, my expectations of him, therefore, are very, very high. And that doesn't sound good. Now, I do. I look. I've experienced this. Sometimes staff people can get beside themselves and full of themselves, but it really still is up to the principal to rein that staff in and tell them, look. If you're not representing me, that I see myself as a servant of the people, uh, then I don't need you. You need to move on. Uh, so I hope that that's not a reflection of Senator Langford. But you're right. We need strong, principled, courageous conservatives who are bold and forthright and willing to speak the truth in love. Look, when Jesus told them, my house shall be called a house of prayer, you have made it a den of thieves. He was speaking the truth in love, but I'm sure they didn't like it. That's going to do it for today, folks. God bless each and every one of you. I love you. Please pray, continue to pray for us. And remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.